And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. Well, March is about to bite the bullet. But uh, uh wasn't too bad a March, at least toward the end. <laughs> we aren't even going to ever talk about February. Oh, my gosh. Hey, listen, I'm flying solo today. So uh, great day to talk gardening. Give me a call, one 973 5476 So that's, uh, uh, anyway, give me a call <laughs> because uh, it is a great day to talk gardening. Uh, there is so much going on out there. It's unbelievable. Hey, uh, today at one thirty, I'm going to be at Zenith Holland Gardens. So that's 23260 Marine View Drive South in Des Moines. I did my first talk ever there last year, and it was so fun. So I'm expecting a huge garden, a huge crowd. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to give away some really cool plants, a Garden with Cisco t-shirt, and one of my books. So I'm supposed to finish the last rewrites on my book, my new book, tomorrow. So you should be seeing that in uh, January. (laughs) If I can get it done. Hey, I'll be seeing all you folks on San Juan Island. I'm really looking forward to going there. So uh, uh, that is just going to be wonderful seeing all you folks. That's going to be Wednesday evening, April 3rd. And uh, also, I want to remind you that uh, next Friday, April 5th at 8.30 in the morning, I'm going to be at Windmill Gardens for one of their breakfast talks. Those are a blast. Huge crowds. And uh, everybody drinks lots of coffee so no one falls asleep in my talks. (laughs) Hey, I have about 8 million more talks coming up, so keep track and uh, you'll find out where I'm going to be. Hey, um... I do have a few things I want to say. I want to thank my friend Janae for uh, writing me and saying, you are so off the mark on growing tomatoes in the Idaho panhandle. I advised some poor guy, and I gave him horrible advice. I told him, only grow uh, cherry tomatoes because uh, the season's too short. She wrote me and said, we can grow all kinds of heirlooms, everything else in the panhandle. Of Idaho, so hey, I stand corrected. Oh la la! Even a genius like me makes a boo boo now and then. <laughs> so yeah, grow the big ones. All right. So hey, so you can have a lot of fun over there growing tomatoes. Whoever that caller was, hey, I I do want to say hi to everyone I spoke to last week. I was at the Skagit Island Counties Builders Association Home Show over in Mount Vernon, and that is such a cool show because all these builders make these wonderful playhouses, and they are raffled off, and all the money goes to help good causes. It's really neat, and uh, there were three really nice playhouses, less than normal, but the quality was really high, and uh, they also have a Legos contest, so the kids get to uh, uh, make uh, Legos things, and then they're judged. And, oh, my gosh, the kids that won were so proud. And they, these guys are like little engineers, 10-year-old engineers, you know. <laughs> I couldn't make something that good in 100 years. So that was quite a bit of fun. Thank you, all of you. It was a real nice crowd out there, too. 
And then just yesterday, I was in Snohomish for the Master Gardener Winter Speaker Series. And, uh, oh, my God, that's a humongous place where you give the talks now. And uh, a really nice crowd. Saw a lot of good friends. So that was wonderful. And uh, I'm glad you folks liked my talk. It was kind of a different one than I normally give. And I enjoyed giving a talk with lots of my stories, garden stories. That's what's going to be in my next book, just so you know. So um, I can't wait till it comes out. Uh, 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 what was that? Oh, great! All right, yeah, our our, uh, our phone lines are really full. So thanks, all you folks, for calling. I'll get to you right after the break. I promise. Hey, and um, so uh, all right. So everybody, don't forget, I'll be at Zenith Holland Gardens today. At one thirty, which means I'm going to hop into in my little Mini Cooper and zoom down there. That's at twenty three two six zero Marine View Drive South in Des Moines, and I'm really looking forward to doing that talk. Who will be the lucky person to win a T-shirt? So, all right. Well, listen. I think we're going to take a break mighty soon here. Uh, oh, hey, I want to quick, quick just mention a couple of things before I take a break. And that is that there's all these plant sales going on next Saturday. So the Arboretum Spring Plant Sale is going to be Saturday, April 6th, 10 to 2. It's at the Graham Visitor Center at the Arboretum. they got a lot of classic perennials, spring ephemerals, uh, native plants, uh, trees, shrubs, unusual perennials. And really cool, they have a pop-up, pop-up houseplant sale. And uh, Heronswood, they're having their early spring plant sale. So, and that is Saturday, April 6th. And uh, there's going to be all these specialty nurseries with rare plants there. And best of all, my good buddy Dan Hinckley has given a talk on the jewels of spring, all those ephemerals blooming right now in the garden. And then they've got a new uh, taxonomist out there. And... um I forgot to write his name down, but he's a really neat guy. And uh, so he's given a talk called Dining with Deer, (laughs) Designing a Garden That Is Not a Salad Bar for Deer. So that sounds really fun. And you get to go see the garden there. It's so great, Heronswood. And that's over in Kingston. If you haven't gone there, go. You'll love it. There'll be great plants. And then Saturday, April 6th, right in my neighborhood, Seattle Audubon, is having their 23rd annual spring sale. That's at 8050 35th Avenue Northeast. It goes from 10 to 4. They're having some specialty nurseries, including fancy fronds. They don't usually do that. And at 11 a.m., courting frogs, they're the guys that grow all those uh, carnivorous plants. They're doing a workshop on how you can do carnivorous plants in your garden, which is really a lot of fun. All right, now I'm ready to take a break. When we come back, we're going to head to Kirkland and talk to Brian. Right back after this, 97.3 Cairo FM. Hey, did I mention that I'll be on... uh, uh, take 5, King 5, 4 o'clock news show on, uh, 
I was on Friday. I'm going to be on again Monday, so that's fun. And you might want to watch Evening Magazine uh, at 7.30 on uh, Monday uh, night, and there's a really handsome guy that's going to be on there doing something really fun. Okay. Hey, let's go to Brian in Kirkland. Brian, how you doing? Hey, bonjour, Cisco. Bonjour, mon ami. <laughs> <laughs> so happy, happy birthday! I, I know I'm a little late, but uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little. <laughs> uh, 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 what you got going on? So, um, so my yard is. Uh, I'm trying to attract as many hummingbirds as possible, oh, and, and, and I do, and I and I do pretty well, and and I have like. Ten or so salvias, the red hot pokers, and and uh, uh, and I have sarcococas around. And because of your show in December with Greg Butler, I bought this year. I bought a camellia yuletide and a Mahonia huh? charity. Mahonia charity. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, my question is: uh, a couple of years ago, I bought the Grevillea Victoria. Yeah. Which, uh, um, and uh, and it, it flowered this winter, which is which is great. Um, and uh, I, I was wondering, I'm going to be cutting back my ferns today. Um, and do you think it's a good idea to put some of the fern fronds around the base of the grevillea so it doesn't get as much water, or, well, or is that not necessary? How well, so just for people that don't know, uh, grevillea victoria is this like six foot tall by almost six foot wide shrub. It comes from down in southern Australia. And uh, But for some unbelievable reason, it's hardy here in the Pacific Northwest, and it blooms all winter with these spectacular orangey-red flowers that hummingbirds can't resist. And it's really a great way to keep hummingbirds happy in your garden in the winter. But um, that plant has one really important, two really important requirements, full sun, and it has to have really well-drained soil. How is your drainage pretty good where you got it? Yeah, the drainage is good. I don't think you I would wait till fall. I might put uh some of those fronds around the base in the fall, but I don't think I'd bother until then. Okay. Now don't do what I did. I planted I planted mine. I didn't have anywhere to put one and I love them so bad. So I put my grevillea right by my uh, hardy banana. And, you know, hardy bananas, like, they love water. And if they get a ton, they get huge, you know. So I was always watering the banana, and I murdered the grevillea. (laughs) Just got too much water, you know. Oh, I felt like the dim-dim of history for doing that. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just get into something... So, you know, be careful. Don't plant anything that needs too much water near that grevillea. You'll find yourself watering that to keep it going, and the next thing you know, you lose your grevillea. Because I had the first one I ever bought for 20 years. So they, they, they can last. Now, Mary's, she's got a bunch in her garden. They all got flattened like a pancake by the snow. So, uh Okay. So she actually cut hers back, and we're both kind of, she cut them way down near the base, and we're both sitting there wondering, you know, are they going to come back, and are they going to bloom this winter? So that the fun thing is that's the only way to find out. So, you know, 
She could sacrifice hers on her side of the garden. <laughs> <laughs> and is is it uh, to switch subjects? It's it's not too late, is it, to plant onions? Um, no, I know it's a little later. later it's later this year, this year but everything's later. You know, we just planted our lettuce and greens by seed just uh, this week. And uh, so onions, I think I'd want to do onion sets, not onion seeds. But if you can get those, I think you can go with that. Yeah, the green, the, the green onion kind yeah. of one. Oh, they'll, yeah. do, they'll do great. I don't think you got to worry. The problem is if, if it switches from this kind of cool weather to really hot, that's where you get into problems. It ruins the flavor of the lettuce and the greens and... And uh, with onions, they don't have very deep roots, so you got to make sure they stay watered at all costs. That's okay, the key. Cool. So just keep that soil moist. <laughs> okay, I will. All right, buddy. Hey, it was great talking to you. Yes, and enjoy your birthday celebration. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hope I see you at one of my talks one of these days. It's always so great to see you. Good. Sure. All right, buddy. (laughs) Okay, bye now. Take care. See ya. Okay, all right. We have time, so I'm going to go to our next caller, Ann and Lyndon. Ann, how are you? Good. The sun is shining. Oh, Uh, good. Before I ask my two awesome questions, your (laughs) screener said, ooh, that's awesome. (laughs) All right. uh, Cisco, what's the the, uh, possibility of you going back on 10 o'clock? Because... This is such a terrible time for us people to listen to you. Well, Ten used to be great, or even nine. Well, you know, if people like called into Cairo or rode into Cairo, I'd like to go back to nine yeah, or ten. And, you know, I'd love to listen to you at nine o'clock when I'm having my coffee. Then I can go out and work. And this is just sort of late. But anyway, okay, so okay. all listeners, write to Cairo instead <laughs> of having the infomercial on... <laughs> and you are the best. You are the best. Yeah, okay. So that's that. Okay. Uh, I have two questions. One okay. uh, is about using newspaper as mulch, uh, and the other one is uh, established emerald green hedge, how much water they need. So uh, the newspaper, uh, just regular black and white newspaper, can yeah. you lay that down as mulch? Yeah, you can lay that down as mulch. You know, some people... Say it doesn't work that good, but we've we did it so many times at Seattle U. But but if you're trying to so you're taking an area and trying to kill whatever's there, and then uh, basically covering that with mulch, and then at some point you dig holes through it and plant your plants. You have no, to, no, no. This is this is strictly in the garden to put it down in walkways. Uh, you know where you walk between the rows. I I don't think I'd do it. You wouldn't, okay? Nah, I don't I, just. I get it. Okay, it'll, it'll I, be a pain in the butt for you. I would go with like us. Either I would use um, uh, what do you call it? Crushed rock. That works. Uh, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. Okay. Okay. What about using a newspaper, uh, shredding it up and just digging it into the ground? Well, it's better if you. It it would be better to compost it. Because you're going to lose some nutrition. All those microorganisms in the soil, they're going to go. 
we've got a raw organic substance here because it's wood, you know. And so that's what paper is. And so they're going to go, we're going to break this stuff down to make it into great humus. And they will, but it's going to take a long time. It's going to take up to three years before they get the job done. And they're going to steal you all your... If you shred it up and put uh, dig little holes, holes, and you dig it down into the holes... Uh, I can't see it taking that long to. Well, it might stuff. not. It might. It might only take a year, but you're still going to lose nutrition by doing oh, okay, that. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Now, what about a big hedge? Uh, our hedges are probably fifteen to eighteen, maybe even twenty feet high. They're they're established hedges. With this dry, dry, we've had horrendously dry. Our uh, the soil in this yard is. It's pretty sandy. It's a sandy loam, and it's okay. it's high on the sand content. And uh, so there's a watering system for the lawn, you know. So uh, those little rootlets maybe go off some. So uh, on the our side of the yard, we water. I try and run around with the hose, but you know. Uh, All right, I'm going to answer this question. I got to take a break this minute. Do you want to hold on, or do you want me just to answer after the break? I'll hold on. Okay, I'll talk to you right after the break. Hey, and we will be right back after the break. And uh, and Anna, you'll be on soon, too, so don't run away. And Alan, and you're listening to the best gardening show this side of Wauwatosa with Cheeseskin. 97.3 Cairo FM. Hey, we do have some open lines. One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. All right, let's go back to Linden and talk to Ann. And Ann, by the way, I wasn't at the Linden Home Show this year because I was off in France. But I'm hoping I'll be back next year. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you've got these emerald green arborvitaes. Yeah. Okay, and on the other side. On our side, we have lawn, yeah. and uh, part of it is sort of elevated also. Where, uh, but on the other side is nothing. Um, it's an unkept yard. Wow. <laughs> We're ah. fortunate to have this big hedge. But uh, on the other side, a good portion of it, there's nothing really there. Uh, these people never put an ounce of water. Okay. On anything, nothing, uh, and there's some kind of red rock or something, and and skinny weeds uh, along a good portion, and then there's another portion where it sort of goes up on that side, and there's some um, raspberries. There's sort of unkept raspberries, okay. and I don't know if those get a little water All from right. time but to here's, time. Here's here's what I think. Yeah, uh, you definitely want to mulch. You want a little space between the grass and your arborvitaes. Should have like a six-inch strip. There's a space of probably uh, six inches good. of bare ground. Oh, good. And what good. we do is, I'll take the hose, and I will. The hedge is very thick, and I will stick it, work the hose in, 
and just, you know, put water in, but the, oh, you... it has so much of the brown, you know, fluffing oh, yeah. in there, well, and I don't let, know. Let so... me give you a tip. Yes. Because those arborvitaes are very subject to spider mites in really dry weather. And you're yep. right. They need a fair amount of water. You want to water them like, you know, maybe once a week. But oh, here, yeah. here's the thing. When you're putting your hose in there to water, stick the nozzle on and blast away in there. If, okay, so uh, you would say just uh, uh, dampen the whole hedge, run the yep. sprayer over the whole hedge. Yeah, and blast away inside because you want to blast the mites off the plant. And you want to keep the humidity as high as you can in there. That The mites hate high humidity. They want it dry. And you'll, you'll, now that you'll blast some of that ugly brown stuff out of there, which is wonderful. So that's well, really yeah, great. It's on the ground. And, you know, inside, inside they're, because they haven't had, you know, on the outside right. on both sides, they're nice and green. But on the inside, you pull the branches all the way back to the center and they have big stalks, uh, you know, it's brown in there. It's yeah, something. you want to blast that stuff off with your hose. Blast away with your hose, powerful spray. It'll, your plant will love it. It'll make a mulch under the plant that'll help preserve moisture. Well, there's, a, there's a mulch, believe me. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. I do. They yeah, always, they're always there. dropping. They were planted in 1989, and they're, they're trimmed every fall. They're nicely trimmed. Okay, well, listen, I got to run. I got other callers waiting. But uh, blast away in there every week, and your plant will love it. You'll give it a lot of water. It'll work perfect. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, Ann. Thanks a lot for the call. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to Alan now and talking to Anna. Hey, Anna, how's how's life treating you? Oh, wonderful, Cisco. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> well, I have a question. Um, I have I have learned the hard way what plants not to grow. And uh, one yeah. of them is columbine. Oh, God, do I agree with you? Oh, even though the hummingbirds oh, love God. it, it just it seeds everywhere. Oh. Yes, and they love other things that don't do that, so... Um, but I have, and I've tried to eradicate it, but, you know, they pop up everywhere. Oh, yeah. Forget me not. So, um, <laughs> um, so I, I, um, discovered one last year in the middle of summer. I went, what in the world is that going up through my Japanese willow? It was a columbine. And oh. it was large. <laughs> oh. So I thought, well, when I prune it this winter, I'm going to try to. Oh, there's no getting that. It's right in the middle of the... Yeah, you just thing. can't get the roots no matter oh. what you do. Right. They're so deep. And they're, yeah. you know, they, have, they develop that long taproot. So I thought, okay, what can I do to get rid of this thing without just digging up this, you know, 10-year-old truck? Yeah. <laughs> you hate you know, to have really to do large. that. So, and I don't want to ruin that Japanese uh, willow for anything. I love that. All right. So I... Um, so what we did was we put um, vinegar in a tub. Oh, that's really dangerous, really dangerous for you. Yeah, just for the columbine, just put the columbine leaves in it. But do you think that that's a mistake? I don't, well, yeah, I wouldn't do it. And also, I think it's not going to work anyway. So 
Well, that's what I was afraid of. It's not warm enough yet for vinegar. Yeah, it's not warm enough, and you really, I, I think you got to get a little down to the roots too for it to really be effective. So it right, might work, right. but I've I've never tried painting uh, vinegar on a plant. To be honest, you'd need a lot, and then some of it's going to drip down on the ground, and that's going to get at the roots. Well, it's in a it's. It's in a closed, like a cottage cheese container. The vinegar is in the container itself, and then there's a clit across the top that we put the leaves, the stems, down in. Oh, so you just took the, so, the plant you're trying to get rid of and dipped it in. Right. And oh. just left it there. Just left well, the leaves hey. in it. And we yep. did this a couple weeks ago, and the first one I looked at this morning, and it seemed to work. Well, maybe it so did. So I did a second one, but I am concerned about, is that is there another way to do it? Uh, that's a pretty I good... the willow. I think you did a pretty good method there. So if that doesn't okay. work, then I think I would... There's two other ways you could deal with this. You could, if you're willing to do the work, you could just keep cutting it off. Every time it grows back, right. cut it right to the ground. Right. That is going right. to wipe it out. It's going to need so much energy to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. If you right. stay That's on it, do it every week. Photo, yeah. Yeah. The, Those leaves don't get any photosynthesis. They're just going to die. Yeah. So I think that's what I do first. If that doesn't okay. work, if that doesn't work, I would take a board or something, <laughs> not a very big one. And like a six uh-huh. by six inch board, and stick it right on top of that. Cut it, cut it off, and stick it right on top of the columbine. And not a, if the columbine tries to go around it, that, then uh, you're going to have to put another little board or something. But uh, you, right, if you, right. you know, you can either cover it with a stone on the board, or you could just keep cutting, cutting, cutting. Either one, I think you're going right. to get it. Well, there's quite a few stems from the shrub in there, so I don't want that to get ruined. But, yeah, you don't um, want to. If it was any other, it was if it was anything else, I could get the, the yeah. root out, but not columbine. I mean, <laughs> yeah, columbine. You know, goes halfway to China. Yep. The key is <laughs> don't. The key is don't let it go to seed. That's what I try and do. I can't get all my columbine right. out. They're right in the middle of my plants. Right. You know how they do that, and they send a taproot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what I before do... Before you realize it, they're all over, yeah. Yep. So what I do is uh, I also just make sure they don't go to seed. So, you know, yeah. even yeah. if they flower, I might let them flower. The hummingbirds love them so bad, but I cut them off oh, before. Oh, they're so pretty. Yeah, and they're pretty. So yeah, I cut them off beautiful. before before that they ever go to seed. And uh, they'll be back yeah, next year to make you miserable again, but at least you can keep it from <laughs> seeding, you know. Well, good luck, because I'll tell you, and it's almost impossible to get rid of those suckers, to eradicate them. And then all you got to have is your next-door neighbor stick one in, and you got them again. So just an ongoing battle like so many other things in the garden. But, uh, hey, you're out there getting good exercise and eat your Brussels sprouts. You'll live to 120 because of this. That's, that's right. And I enjoyed seeing you, I think it was last night, on TV with Chris Cashman. Oh, thanks. I love working with Chris Cashman. We he is so funny. I love that guy. Oh, it was just, 
Hilarious. We enjoyed it. Oh, thanks right, so well, much. Thank you so much, Cisco. Oh, yeah. That, thanks. Thanks so much for calling. You take care. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, we're taking a break. We have time for one call. one 973 Cairo, that's what that is. And uh, you're listening to 97.3 Cairo FM. Well, I talked and talked on the show today, so we don't really have time to take a call. But uh, that's all right, because I got a couple of really great emails that I can share with you. One is from uh, Maxine, and she said, hey, I heard you last week on the radio tell somebody don't cut your your, uh, butterfly bush down until April, because sometimes if it's really cold— and see, about April 14th is our average last frost day in our area. It, it varies from where you live, you know, but uh, that's the general uh, Puget Sound last, last um, average frost day. So if you cut your, uh, your um, butterfly bush too early and we get really cold weather soon after you do it, it kind of snaps the bush out of uh, out of dormancy. It tells it to start growing. If it gets hit by a frost, I've seen it kill a number of these uh, butterfly bushes. Now, butterfly bushes, you know, some of the ones, you know, you see them pop up everywhere, and that's, uh, uh, what is that, Budlia davidii. They just pop up. They're the ones with kind of the purple flowers on them. We had one growing 60 feet up in a building at Seattle U, and I had to weed that. <laughs> That's another story. So, But butterflies and uh, hummingbirds do love them. So the problem is they seed themselves. They can become a problem out in nature in the forest and everything. So the first thing I like to tell people, if you're going to grow a butterfly bush, it's better to buy one of the new ones that that has sterile flowers. So like the Lo and Behold series, there's a whole bunch of them. They come in different colors. They're dwarf, so they don't tend to get as big. We had one at Seattle U before we knew about that problem in nature. That was 40 feet tall. And all the flowers were way up at the top because they only produce flowers where they grow, you know. So... uh so now you can buy these new dwarfs. They bloom like mad. The hummingbirds and the butterflies still love them, but you don't get, you know, you're not causing a problem in nature, and uh, they're, they also don't get so huge. So if you got a, lo and behold, even if you didn't, and, you know, people are responsible. They cut off the seed pods before uh, the birds can eat the seeds and spread them all over the woods. So that's fine. You know, if you want to go that route, they still sell a lot of different kinds of them. So, but anyway, you know, so I said, don't do it till April. Well, really, you know, the thing is, there's no way to know if really cold, freezing weather is going to come or not. 
So, Maxine, what I would do is I'd just wait till April 14th. It's not too late. <laughs> and then you cut it down. And I have cut those things to six inches from the ground. Now, watch. It's probably going to kill hers, you know. Oh, la, la. But uh, uh, we've done that many a time in Seattle. You cut really big ones down to about six inches. They don't grow near as tall when you do that. I do that every year. But we got in the habit of the ones we really liked, we got in the habit of waiting until about mid-April before we did those cuts. And they come right back. You might get blooms later, but that's even better because then they bloom in late fall when you want things really blooming and there's not much going on out there. And the flowers are even fragrant. You'll have hummingbirds all over them and they'll... They and the hummingbirds will love that because that'll keep them around till the winter plants start blooming. All right. Well, this show is about to bite the bullet. Brian, thanks as always, my friend. Hey, everybody. I hope I see you over at Zenith Holland Gardens today at 1.30. It's on Marine View Drive, and uh, we're going to give away some cool plants and have a lot of fun. And I'm going to give away a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt. All right, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.